Hello and welcome to Leading in Conversation. We are going to try something a little bit new today, aren't we, Nailis? Yes, we are. And it is quite a challenge because I have no idea where we're going to end up. We are going to explore verbally, just chat about this topic without exactly knowing where we're going to land. Yeah, so this is a little Christmas treat for you, something different, and we'll see where it goes. So let me start out by explaining how this topic came about. I've been um, doing a leadership course recently, and uh, one of the things we looked at in our last residential was this matrix by Ralph Stacey. Now, it will probably help you to see this, and there are two ways you can do that. You can either visit our website, leadinginconversation.net, or you can Google Stacy Matrix. We're going to talk about the version of it that's on our website. You will get slightly different versions if you Google. There are lots of different versions out there, but it will help you to be able to visualize it. Nailis, why don't you describe the matrix, first of all? Yeah, let's describe it. And people who are just listening will still get the gist of it. So the matrix basically has two axes. So one is the level of certainty. Are you very certain or very close to certainty? Or are you very far from certainty? And that's along the bottom. The certainty axis is the horizontal. Yes. And then you've got the vertical axis, which is about agreement. Are we close to agreement? Does everybody basically have the same opinion about it? Or is it far from agreement? Are there a lot of different opinions around it? And people go in every direction about what the solution actually is. So when you visualize that certainty versus agreement, when you are in the bottom left area where most people agree and most people are pretty certain about what's going to happen, then you are in the zone of control. And that's indicated as the control zone where you just need to do a good job in executing. When you get into the region where that is much less the case, the whole middle area, that is the area where it's complex, where agreement is not a given, the outcomes are not a given, and you've got to work together to find ways forward. And that is described as the area where you want to convene. Now, there's also a third area. And Kate, why don't you describe that? Yeah, first of all, I'm going to say, you know, what we've been talking about in this podcast, conversational leadership, is what you do in that central zone where it's complex, when there's not total agreement, not total certainty, things are complex, not complicated, and Various graphs, that charts that you'll see online have complicated between control, the control zone and the complex zone. But in that complex zone in the center, that's what we've been talking about, how to convene, how to gather people together to get input, the diversity, hearing from all voices. Because when you're not certain and when you don't agree, it's really good to get together and discuss things. Now, I was all very happy looking at this chart and thinking, yeah, that's where we are. That's where we do convening, conversational leadership. But then if you go further up, diagonally up towards the top right corner, you enter what's called the chaotic zone. And this is what caught my attention recently because 
I have been sensing chaos <laughs> in our work. We have been in a complex zone for a long time and, and are getting probably quite comfortable with, with living there with medium amounts of agreement and certainty. But it seems in our work, particularly right now, we are entering into this space where there is not a lot of agreement and there's not a lot of certainty about things. And I wonder if that resonates with other people as well. In the world around us, things are happening so quickly. Things are emerging that we don't know much about, like AI. AI is changing the world of work, the world for all of us. We're not necessarily in agreement on how to use it. We don't really know how to use it. And things are changing all the time. So keeping on top of that chaos in that chaotic zone and the leadership approach that Stacy recommends for that zone is called sense and act. So you have execution in the bottom left corner, you have convening in the middle, and you have sensing and acting in the top right. Yes. And we want to explore that area today because it goes against what we've been talking about for the last uh, two years. Yeah. And sometimes you need that. And it's good to challenge ourselves. How do you act in a place where agreement is just not going to be possible? You convene all you want, but people are going to go in every direction. The polarization is so strong that convening won't be enough. And the outcomes are so uncertain that you can talk all you want, but you're not going to get to a place where everybody's reasonably comfortable that this is the right direction. And that is this zone of chaos that as an organization you want to avoid getting into, but sometimes you can't. But it's also the place where new things happen. It's actually, it can be an exciting place. Yeah, so actually on the version of Stacy's matrix that we're using, the space between complexity and chaos is called the zone of innovation. And if you've done any reading about complexity science, the edge of chaos is where there is great productivity, novelty emerges. And we won't go into that in any depth now, but that that's where innovation happens and happens well. If you if you try to innovate in the control zone, it's not going to work. If you You've got to be on the edge of chaos for it to have the right environment for new things to emerge. Yeah, and there's another uh, version of this model which the Leadership Center has brought out, which as the first part of that area says, saying yes to the mess, experiments, mm -hmm. uncertainty. And I find that interesting. So to what extent are we as organizations able to say yes to the mess? And how do you deal with that? What kind of leadership is needed in the mess? And I find that quite a invigorating kind of topic to say, okay, what, what does that mean? And how do you avoid becoming too sort of dictatorial because somebody will need to make decisions and there's no agreement? How do you then have healthy leadership patterns mm -hmm. in that zone? Yeah. And I think the version of Stacey's Matrix that the Leadership Center has put out is really helpful, actually, Nailis. Maybe we'll put that onto the website as well. It contrasts the bottom left corner, it calls ordinary management. It's where it's that technical, rational decision making, simple structures, effective procedures, 
monitoring coordination, providing direction. It's all the things we've set up over the years to make a business and organization function well. And that's fine when you're close to agreement and near to certainty. But when you're in the top right, far from agreement, far from certainty, they describe it as that's when leadership is necessary or extraordinary management. Ordinary management won't suffice when you're in that top right space. And I think they merge complexity and chaos there more than we would. But as Naila said, they list things like saying yes to the mess, experiments, uncertainty, encouraging connectivity, conversation, building networks. I think that's all things that we've talked about as part of conversational leadership. But then those adaptive issues, wicked issues that are the ones that you can't just rely on your ordinary proven approaches to solve. You have to find um, different solutions and bring different people in to, to try and work out what they are. An interesting one listed there also is challenging habits and assumptions and containing anxiety. Yeah. Nailis, what does it feel like in the, the chaotic zone? We're we're kind of entering it a little bit, which is why this resonated with us. And we, we decided, hey, let's let's do a podcast talking about it. Anxiety is a good word there. And the interesting part of that is you need to contain it as a leader in order to not communicate angst to your followers. Because if there is, if your leaders are giving a sense that they're lost, total chaos emerges. And so how do you enter into the chaotic zone while, and as a leader, feel anxious and still uh, communicate a sense of control or a sense of yeah, being on top of things or trust is, is key. So personally, I resonate with a sense of anxiety. I have no idea where it's going to go. And sometimes it feels quite overwhelming because there's so many things coming at you at the same time. We're talking about our partnership environment. We're talking about technical developments in the whole AI space. The whole area where we're working in is changing dramatically. Our financial models are starting to fall apart or need to be replaced. All of those things. Happen. There are a lot of new new partners emerging, new players in the fields, yeah. you know, trying to figure out, well, okay, how do we fit here? Yeah. And in some ways that is complex. But it gets into this area of, of chaos where there's so much uncertainty, so much disagreement that you've got people going in all directions at the same time. And for me as a leader, it is that sense of I have no idea where this is going to go at the same time holding on to certain key beliefs. And I think that is key in that. So you, you've got that sense of uncertainty you're not sure yourself you're you certainly disagree with a lot of others about it but at the same time that is when you need to hold on to what you really believe in and that's spiritually but also practically what are your core values and anchor your actions and your sensing on that and i think that is that is one of the things that comes to mind for me primarily i don't know how do you feel about that you know that I don't do well with chaos and disorder. And yeah, and I think those who work with me will know that they, they've seen me. I, holding anxiety is not one of my gifts. I think you do it quite well, but I'm a very expressive person. I'm a very emotional person. Uh, what I feel is usually very apparent to other people. So this is an area I need to grow in if chaos is going to be 
somewhere where we're living a lot more. Let's, yeah, let's talk about sensing and acting. It's, I'm very comfortable with convening now, executing fine. Sensing and acting to me sounds a little bit contrary to some of the stuff we've been stressing about convening. You know, you get the right people in the room, you get diversity, everyone has wisdom. Does that all go out the window, do you think, when when we're in this corner where Stacey's saying we need to sense and act? What does that mean to you? And that's where we get into the unpredictability of even this podcast, because we didn't... <laughs> we are in the chaos zone. <laughs> this is a chaotic podcast. Anyway, I think the key here is in some ways, bringing those two things close together. You can't get agreement in the sense of what you normally do in the convening zone, uh, looking for ways to move forward with the highest level of buy-in you can possibly get. But there is still a need to get the wisdom from more than one person because sensing to me is not just an individual thing. It's not about me sensing as a leader and just doing it. There, the systems that we talked about in all of the other podcasts, the wisdom of the group, bringing in new ideas, new uh, perspectives, that's still going to be important. Hearing from all parts of the system. Yeah. Exactly. So the challenge is, of course, that the changes are often so fast that you can't do it. You can't expect the same outcome of, of full agreement, but you still need to pattern your response on the same kind of ideas. And that's why I think the merging of the two is not bad. It it gives you tools. So maybe it will help us if we contrast sensing with knowing. And that's that's when you don't, you know, you don't have the certainty. We don't know necessarily what the right response is going to be to the next decision we have to make, say on the situation we're facing currently. We can't know exactly. What, what does it mean to sense? There's a tentativeness, isn't there? There's a, and I like how you said bringing those two closer together, sensing and acting. There's experimentation. Well, let's probe. Let's let's take a step in this direction. See what happens. Okay, that's not going to work. Take a step back. Let's try another. I, I don't know. I, I'm just exploring. Obviously, we all say to each other, "I'm just verbally, I'm verbally processing right now." And that is totally what we're doing here. Um, yeah, I love that. I, I actually, <laughs> we're not feeling anxious at all, are we? Um, no, <laughs> well, it actually touches on something that I think is important. We have enough trust and we have enough patterns to fall back on in our podcast, trust between us, uh, key things are in place that allow us. When we want to speak or when I want to tell you you've gone on for too long. Or, yeah. exactly. We have a history, we have patterns, we have expectations of how this is going to go. And that allows us to go into that chaotic zone with some sense of trust that will get well, it, it'll all be well. And and I think that organizationally actually works as well. If there is enough trust in leadership, if you have patterns of convening and, and sharing with people, sometimes when that's not possible, you've got to make snap decisions, you can't come to agreement. You have a leader who basically is going to say, well, we're going to do those three experiments and I've got no idea whether any of them will work. There is enough 
trust in the system, enough patterns to fall back on that you're okay. And I think that is going to be key. So trust relationships are still going to be absolutely important. I think that's a really key point. How can we prepare ourselves? Just as we were preparing for this podcast, we were talking about borrowing from other domains such as crisis response. We talked about how people working in crisis response, in medical emergency response, have scenarios. They have templates. They've prepared for different scenarios. And I'm not sure that we could actually do that. But knowing your systems well enough that you can actually improvise, thinking through what are the kind of crises that we could anticipate. And I think we've done that a little bit in the past around issues that come up. We might have media exposure coming we'll prepare press releases, we'll make sure we know who our spokespeople are in those scenarios and who our spokespeople are not. <laughs> and, and, you know, those are some those are some chaotic scenarios that we have prepared for in the past. Yeah, and I think that is what you started saying here is really important. So when you look at crisis response, the, the three Ps that you're referring to, plan, prepare, and practice, still apply. So... Yes. You you don't know what the situation is going to be. It's completely chaotic. The unpredictability is the norm in some ways. At the same time, if you have a foundation of elements that you are agreed on, you, you sort of deconstruct it. What do we agree on? And what are we ready to do? What are we ready to practice so that when the chaos ensues, we, we are we're ready to deal with that? I find that a really helpful concept because at the higher level change to reiterate what we do believe in, the kind of leadership we want to provide, having the practice of quickly convening on the things we can convene on is going to be key to to actually survive that. And that preparedness, the sense of having practiced that, having done that enough, having planned for the unplannable, I think is going to be really helpful when you enter into that zone of chaos. I think looking back at the pandemic is quite interesting because that was chaotic at the beginning. We had to pivot very quickly on a number of things. And because we had already practiced convening quite a lot, because we had already moved into hybrid events, into Zoom meetings, I think we were able to pivot a lot more quickly than other people. And I think that relational foundation of trust that we, we'd spent quite a long time building, our relationships were good at that point. And I think when the chaos hit, I think that helped us to move quite swiftly. For example, pivoting our international conference in six weeks from a an in-person meeting in April to a hybrid, no, not, not hybrid, to a completely online event. Yeah, I I love that, what you're saying about relationships. And often we equate relationships with agreement. And I think they're completely different things. Yeah. And so you can have complete disagreement, but have really strong relationships. And I think that is going to be key to survive the chaotic zone well, because you are allowing yourself and the group to do the give and take when you disagree, 
because the relational foundations are in place. So I think that is that's actually as we're talking, I realize how important it is to disconnect agreement from relationship. That's really interesting, and I know that you. And our colleague Carsten, as fellow Dutch men, often say that you agree to disagree. And that's always been a good example to me of how you can be really good friends with someone, even if you disagree with them on a given matter. And and I think, you know, the thing we have certainty on is that we are committed to the cause. We are committed to good relationships. We are committed to to trust and seeking to understand and, and walk forward together. Yeah, and I think that is is another part of what we are discovering together as we talk about it. So in some ways, you need to disentangle or, or analyze what is it that we have low certainty and low agreement on, and what is it that we actually have lots of agreement on, and what are we certain about? And pulling that apart and saying yeah. it's not just everything, it probably is only certain things and that allows you then to actually mm. have a foundation of agreement certainty execution that mm. helps to survive the chaotic parts yes i really like that i wonder if that's something we need to do as a leadership team around this current situation that we're we've been discussing is actually get together and state the things that we are certain about the things we have agreement about and in a sense doing the planning and the preparation putting that foundation in that you know these are the non-negotiables for us in whichever of the multitude of ways this situation may unfold here's our sort of bedrock is these are the things we agree on these are the things we're committed to and that will provide us a, a bit more certainty and agreement actually from which to operate yeah, and I think if you do that, you allow the trust to to stay intact. And actually, if you disentangle what is chaotic and what is complex, you also continue to have the right kind of leadership approach, convening people, having the right kind of dialogue that shows people that you haven't abandoned that. You it's are a- still committed to your principles. It's just on certain things, something else is needed. And it's really important to stress, I think, in a time of chaos and crisis, it's important to stress those fundamentals to yeah. reassert the things that we hold to as an organization, our values, our, you know, our mission, our vision, and say, we're still about this. Even though all of this is changing, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is where we're going. And that's part of holding the anxiety is, is giving people that security and stability. Yeah, because people need that. Uh, yeah. Because we had earlier in our conversation, some people like change, but I don't think anyone loves chaos. And if you sort of contain that by showing, okay, this is the chaotic part, but here is what we do control. This is, yes, this is complex, but we have a handle on it. You allow yourself to contain it and not give the impression that the whole world is falling apart, which is what happens when people panic. They hone in so much on the not knowing that it feels like everything is falling apart, which may not be the case, actually. And so as a leadership team, we need to do our planning, preparing, our scenario planning, etc., so that we can lead confidently into the unknown 
and yeah, be there for our staff. Yeah, and be able to have enough of that trust that you're going to make the highly unpopular decisions <laughs> yes. um, that half no. the group disagrees with, because you need yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, Nailis, I think that we have not only a plan for one of our future team meetings there, talking about this, I think we have a podcast. I think we do. One of the things we didn't discuss is how speed relates to all of that. Oh, yeah. Do you want to just talk about that before we wrap up? As I was looking at this whole matrix, I realized that speed is not one of the axes. And at the same time, when you think about chaos, speed is so much a factor in that because change happens so quickly that you don't have time to convene and decisions are needed now and they change every two months and and that kind of situation. So it is interesting that a lack of certainty and lack of agreement sort of has as a byproduct the, the speed of change because things go mm-hmm. in different directions very suddenly. So it's just an interesting observation that when you get into that mode, you also need to have, you need to be ready to turn on a dime and and do a quick turnaround uh, pivot very quickly. And again, I think that crisis preparedness helps you to also deal with the question of speed. And one of the things that I was thinking about is in the chaotic zone, do you actually have data to do sensing? Or is if your data is always three or six months old, it may be completely irrelevant. So I think as a leader, you need to create systems. And that's, again, planning and preparing and practicing that the data you have is actually up to date so that you can make quick decisions. So I think that's a wrap for today, Nailis. I agree. And I'm excited about this. Actually, yeah. the there are more outcomes than I expected. It's actually quite uh, actionable. We mm-hmm. have some ideas that you can actually yeah. take into leading in chaos. And uh, I hope that our listeners uh, find this helpful as well as they yeah. explore that. And just linking back to conversational leadership, I think what we've done today is we started out with a topic, we started out with a kind of stimulus, this matrix from Ralph Stacey and said, let's have a conversation about this and see where it goes. And actually in building off each other and in having no boundaries for the conversation and just, yeah, bouncing off each other's ideas, we've actually come up with some actionable steps for ourselves as a leadership team, which is kind of good, kind of shows the conversational leadership works sometimes when we're facing big new things like this we just need to clear some space and say let's just talk and let's have no limits on this and let's just brainstorm together see where it goes thanks Nailis. this was fun thank you kids and i'm looking forward to our next one with i think a guest again yeah we have a couple of guests lined up so that's going to be fun Happy Christmas and best wishes for the new year to you all. Bye-bye.